Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information about whether or not your soul looks like you or a hard candy that you got out of one of those 25 cent machines at the front of the grocery store when you were little. I oh. love them, even though my oh. mother would never give me the quarter. Why, mother? We wouldn't go poor. My name is MT, and I'm here today with my fellow big head gang buddy, brother, Tommy yes. Beckett. What's going on, Tommy? Yes, big head gang. Big my head dad gang. actually was a vending machine repairman when I was a little kid, Ooh. so he used to teach us how to steal from those machines. He's like, we're already poor, so it's fine. It, the, the 25 cents will make us more poor. Hit me with that big up. question, Tommy. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Today's question is based on the recently released Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Heard of it? It's only the <laughs> biggest thing on all of the internet for both lovers yeah. and haters of it. Is this the biggest flop ever? No, it's not. It's actually incredibly <laughs> successful, you clowns. All right, anyway, if you haven't seen it, stop this video. Go to the movies. Get one of those movie theaters with a reclining seat. Get some popcorn. Get some caramel M&Ms. Mix the popcorn and the caramel M&Ms. Get a Diet Barks vanilla root beer from the Coca-Cola Freestyle machine. <laughs> Go see the movie, then come back, hit play on this video. Because we're about to talk about how in Shang-Chi, 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 you know what, I shouldn't mock it if I don't know how to say it. Uh, but I believe <laughs> Shang-Chi Shang Shang. sounds like how the people who are in the movie say it. Shang-Chi, we saw how the soul sucker minions of the mega soul sucker were stealing the souls of the vi villagers of Tao Lo to feed their master. Which, I mean, who hasn't done that for their boss? Steal a few souls and feed them? Time. I used to work at a pizzeria where we had to come in with two, three souls a shift if we wanted to work. Anyway, <laughs> it was yet another example of souls in the MCU, a very common theme. Uh, there's even a whole stone based on it. So, that got us thinking about a big question. After Shang-Chi, how has our understanding of souls in the MCU expanded? We have dived into the topic of souls and the afterlife before on Big Question. And in a mm. previous episode, we discussed whether or not Vision is alive and has a soul. And we've also looked at, at how the concepts of souls has been addressed in MCU films like Doctor mm. Strange and Black Panther through the concepts of the astral dimension and the ancestral plane. And check out these episodes if you haven't already to see what we've already discussed because it's some good shit, let me tell yeah. you. It's not, I'm not just saying that because I work here. It's, it's good shit. Um. <laughs> There's a... Cut to Philip with a gun just um, off camera. <laughs> Plug the video. The most infamous way we've seen souls expressed in the MCU began when the Ancient One first pushed Stephen Strange's soul outside of his body when he first came to Kamertage looking for all that magical skill. So the way the Ancient One described it, she pushed the astral form out of his physical form. Mm. But is the astral form actually just your soul. The astral dimension is a place where the soul can exist separate from the physical body. So it would make sense that the astral form is a good representation of the soul. And this would also explain why we see the ancient one do the same trick on the Hulk in Endgame. Because we see the astral form mm. represented just as Bruce Banner rather than the Hulk. Because that's the soul of the Hulk is Bruce Banner. Uh, yes. And the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home shows Doctor Strange doing the same soul push trick to Spider-Man. It's one of the biggest parts of the trailer. This is the coolest yeah. part. I love a good soul push dr strange me too i you know good. i used to soul push my little brother all the time and then one day i did it too hard and he had to stop yeah. you're soul pushing your little brother at the playground it's like That's hey right. back off man <laughs> just like oh shit <laughs> Now we have a new way of looking at souls thanks to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And it was yet another example of how the concept of humans having souls has been canonized within the MCU. Even the bad guys have souls. <laughs> 
even them. Oh, well, I, I don't know if... Um... I don't think Jeremy Renner has a soul. I think, I think we all... <laughs> once he launched that phone app, I think we all decided he had no soul. Oh, my God. He, I'm he still on that, by the way. I'm getting a ton of dates from the Jeremy Renner app. I'm hooking oh, up like damn. crazy on it. Yeah. I hear only the hottest chicks are on the Jeremy Renner app. So. R-E-N-N-R. <laughs> Renner. There's it's no been e. repurposed. Render. <laughs> the Mega Soul Sucker, aka the Dweller in Darkness, was the mm. creature that when we released from the gate in Talo. And this beast gains its powers from the souls of living beings. And these souls were fed to the beast by the Soul Eaters. Not the anime, uh, the Soul Eaters, the little monsters, the little flying tentacle monsters that couldn't be harmed with traditional weapons. And when they would steal a soul from someone, we would physically see the soul manifested as a translucent, rainbow-colored orb being dragged away from the body. And this is the first time in the MCU that we've seen a soul represented other than just, you know, a semi-transparent version of the person or a Black Panther hanging out in a tree on the ancestral plane. Though, I kind of do like that second one. When the Ancient One and Doctor Strange enter the astral dimension, the form their soul takes resembles their physical bodies. And the same thing happens when T'Challa enters the ancestral plane, which has been theorized to also be a type of astral dimension. And in Shang-Chi, we now see that souls are represented by orbs. And perhaps this is a result of how the Soul Eaters pull the souls from the body. And maybe their tentacles allow them to form the soul into a sphere, Spherical! making it easier to drop right into the Dweller of Darkness's mouth, like some type of, I don't know, candy ball that you get from outside the grocery yeah, store. like a Pez, like a Soul Pez. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, Soul Pez, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Another new feature with souls that we saw in Shang-Chi was the instant death brought about when a soul was removed from the body, as we all assumed in real life, because that doesn't seem like your body would function well without a soul. Though, no. you know, politicians, they seem to be doing all right. Yeah, Ted Cruz is thriving. We've seen plenty of instances of the soul existing outside of the physical body in the MCU without the physical body being technically dead. And in Doctor Strange, when Christine Palmer was working on Steven's body in the hospital and his soul enters the astral dimension separate from his body, his body still has a heartbeat and is technically alive. And the same can be said in Endgame when the Ancient One pushes Bruce outside of Smart Hulk's body. When we see the soulless Hulk just laying there in the garden hat, he is still breathing. He's just taking a little nap, which is Pretty nice. Like, imagine Aww. if that was like a viable way to take a nap. It's yeah. just like, hey, honey, oh, I'm feeling kind of tired. It's like, hey, baby, don't even worry about it. <laughs> and just not go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'd like that. He's just resting. In pieces. That man is dead. He's so sleepy. However, things are a little bit different when the soul is removed from the body in Shang-Chi. Because when we see a soul eater rip out the glowing orb soul, suddenly the person is instantly dead. And we mm. see this happen with Death Dealer, Guang Bo, and Wen Wu. As soon as the soul is gone, boom, they're gone. The death, instant death. Is this a result of the process of how their soul is removed? Could it be that the soul eaters are taking more than just the soul? It's possible that they're stealing the entire life force of the person along with the soul. And this might be represented by the glowing mist around the victim's body. But perhaps it has something to do with the fact that the soul is taken away that kills the person. In previous instances of the soul leaving a body that we've seen in the MCU, the process has been done in an intentionally magical way. Like the masters of the mystic arts use eldritch magic to separate souls from the bodies. Whether they're interesting the astral dimension on their own or pushing someone's soul out of their body, they're not doing it to kill the person. 
rather they're trying to teach some sort of lesson or provide some new perspective and the same is true in wakanda when they're performing the ritual to enter the ancestral plane the person in the ritual is not trying to die but rather speak with their dead ancestors but the important change that shang chi makes to our understanding of souls in the mcu is how it's possible to instantly kill somebody by removing their soul it's also possible that there is more than just a soul that makes up our internal consciousness mm. and there might also be some innate life force tied to that as well as we're you know probably going to get into the topic of life forces in the eternals will be coming up in november mm. so this could also be our primer for you know that as well another thing to consider is how having your soul devoured by the dweller in darkness might affect any transition to some sort of afterlife if we believe that in the mcu it's possible for your soul to transition to some form of afterlife like the ancestral plane if you wind up in the dweller of darkness's belly does that mean that you just get no afterlife is that what that is that what that means i hope you get to live in the dweller of darkness's stomach seriously i feel like the only people that shouldn't get to go to heaven are the people that keep killing vision over and over again yes you don't get to see you keep hurting me if this is true then that reality is a very dark fate for whoever got their soul devoured in shang chi like you know when whoop however it's possible that the dweller in darkness was destroyed by shang chi then all of those souls would be released and free to move on to their respective afterlife though i would assume that wenwu should probably go to whatever form of hell that there is in the afterlife because you know he uh he lived a couple centuries of uh doing some terrible shit he killed a lot of people uh but maybe he can have a fun slow motion fight in the woods with hella shadow and then and then 20 years of being a nice guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was like i got married popped out two kids i was nice for 12 years of my life of my thousands of year life kids right? will do that to you man kids will make right? you stop murdering people yeah, for a little kids bit kids will you know? mellow you out for sure that's what they say I, I can't keep murdering with this cute baby here i can't i'm gonna put the rings in my hope chest for a while at least until they start kindergarten yes exactly <laughs> But we did also have another piece of MCU content released recently that we should also consider when talking about souls. Because in episode four of What If, we saw what would happen if Doctor Strange's heart was broken instead of his hands. Mm. And during this episode, we see the Ancient One speak to Strange after she had already died. She appears through a portal and has the same translucent appearance that we often associate with the astral projections that we've seen before in the MCU. And the Ancient One calls what's happening a psychic impression sent through a splinter in reality. And she also says that Steven should just think of her as an echo. So what the hell is this thing anyway? Like, is she actually a soul conversing with Doctor Strange from the afterlife? This echo of the Ancient One is able to converse with Steven, even going as far as to answer very specific questions. And the yeah. echo doesn't last long before it disappears and the story moves on, but it's still pretty cool nonetheless. Yeah, <laughs> except for that they tried so hard to just be like, how do we not step on star wars's toes with this like, right <laughs> every, everything about that scene was like she should have just said like this is not like the force whatever you're thinking <laughs> i am not a force ghost it's possible that the ancient one was able to make a sort of spiritual copy or echo of herself and set it forward through that splinter of reality and this echo almost seems to operate like the living paintings that we see in harry potter one of my favorite movie franchises uh based on a book that wrote itself and the subjects in these paintings are enchanted and are often able to converse like their actual physical counterparts even going as far to use catchphrases the actual person would use however there was a limit to how how in depth of a conversation a real person could have with an enchanted painting the enchanted paintings are able to exist well beyond the life of the painting subject so 
The Ancient One's Echo is not really the Ancient One's soul, it's more of like a, a pre-recorded AI that disappears once it has served its purpose. Yeah, so there you go, that's pretty much the lowdown on yeah. souls in the MCU. And Absolutely. It's, it's, I really like, especially with the Echo part of like, you know, that was introduced in, in What If. I really hope that they go into the concept of Echoes and maybe Strange could like have a conversation with all the past Sorcerer Supremes like Avatar The Last Airbender oh, style. yeah, um, that'd, that'd be pretty be cool. really dope. Like <laughs> to that. see everybody, just yes. to give Stephen advice of how not to f up, because Stephen That's is right. uh, he's he's, a, he's too curious. He's a curiosity killed the cat. He's just kind of a dick. Gonna be a couple cats <laughs> killed in no way home. Yeah. Let me tell you that. That is it for our first question. But be sure to head on over to DoRockstarsMerch.com to check out our latest merch, including our latest obsession shirt inspired by Shang Chi. Like it's literally super dope, and it is the eighth design in the latest obsession line of collectible shirts by New Rockstars. Each shirt design is selected by the New Rockstars team to celebrate what we're obsessing over right now and on the collar is a numbered shirt label to identify the collectible shirt as unique in the exclusive series and this is now issue number eight so once this shirt goes out of stock the number will be forever retired from the latest obsession lineup forever so like you only have one chance to get the number for the shirt and we've got a whole line of suicide squad merch and a spider-man no way home inspired shirt and a bunch of other great gear and grabbing something from newrockstarsmerch.com is an awesome way to support this channel and to show the world that you love your favorite fandom and it's just a great way to meet new nerds because everyone be complimenting on these shirts man like every time i wear this loki shirt like it's always like oh my god where'd you get that shirt and it's like <laughs> newrockstarsmerch.com what are you new what are you a peasant get away from me i can't wait till comic cons come back and we can all wear our new rockstar shirts at them and smile at each other like people who own mustangs to give each other thumbs up <laughs> on the highway that's what it's gonna be exactly like for me. before we dive into our bite-sized questions next some words from the folk that help bring big question to you folks like coinbase lots of folks feel crypto fomo the fear of missing out on cryptocurrency and it can feel like a secret or an exclusive club that you're locked out of but coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get to the door so whether or not you've been trading for years or are just getting started coinbase can help and coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy sell and spread cryptocurrency and they support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone and they offer portfolio management and protection learning resources and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place millions of people in over 100 countries trust coinbase with their digital assets and whether you're just getting started or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. Sign up at coinbase.com slash bigquestion for $5 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That is coinbase.com slash bigquestion. The NFL season has started and teams are back out on the gridiron. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting you in the center of the action for week two of the season. New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up using the code BIGQUESTION and get in on the action right now. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition and do exhaustive research and pick the most probable winning lineup or just pick the guys you like to watch to play. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. So download the DraftKings app now and use the code BIGQUESTION Question. And this week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. So enter the code BIGQUESTION to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That is code BIGQUESTION. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, Tommy, I got a bite-sized question for you. Ready for this one? 
Oh yeah, my chompers are ready. Yum 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 yum. Let's do it. Nom, 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 nom. So tell me, where the Flora Colossus, you know, Groot species, made uh. from a piece of Yggdrasil, the world tree. And this is from Crispy Chrissy on Discord. Ooh. Thank you, Chrissy. Yes, thank you, Crispy Chrissy. I, I hope she's the crispiest. I can't wait to get nice and crispy tonight. Groot species, aka <laughs> the Flora Colossi, are anthropomorphic tree species living on Planet X. I'm from Planet Triple X because I'm naughty and I'm nasty. Oh, shit. The State of the Union. I'm from a very small town where we pick apples. We don't know too much about their species compared to a lot of other fleshed out, no pun intended, species in Marvel Comics. What the comics do tell us is the Flora Colossi are strong and durable plant-based beings capable of mm. healing themselves through cellular regeneration. They are ruled by an elite monarchy known as the Arbor Masters. And the species passes down accumulated knowledge and experience of generations through a process of photosynthesis. How about that? Photosynthesis. What if we could just learn <laughs> through photosynthesis? Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Instead of going That'd to stupid amazing. school. School is stupid. I want to learn from the sun. Exactly. I'm not going to college, mom. I'm going out in the sun. This photonic knowledge makes the Flora Colossi incredibly intelligent. Those are some smart trees, mm. my friends. Now, Very as for them being made of a piece of Yggdrasil, it's hard to say. For example, there is likely no physical Yggdrasil holding the realms together. At least certainly not one that is a giant tree. Rather, Yggdrasil is a concept to describe the cosmic cloud of stars that connect the nine realms. You know, basic right. stuff. However, yeah, it is possible that the recently introduced Ember of Genesis could have played a role Ooh. in the creation of the Flora Colossi. The Embers of Genesis showed up in episode two of What If, mm. ellipse, question mark, and appear to have no equivalent in Marvel Comics. According to the episode, they come from an ancient supernova, and they have the mm. power to heal a dying planet. Well, for God's sakes, send us some of those embers, because it is flooding right? in the Bronx, okay? <laughs> we saw how they quickly grew huge. I'm not making a joke out of that, by the way. I'm terrified. It's, uh, we really do need those Embers yeah. of Genesis. Oh, we my God. <laughs> Level threat. So it's fine though. I'm sure it's fine. We should just keep drilling in the Gulf. Uh, we saw how they quickly grew huge plant-like stalks on nowhere when Nebula tossed them into Call Obsidian's mouth. Could we soon learn that the Embers of Genesis were the original source of the Flora Colossi? It's possible, my friends. That was a great bite-sized question, and I'm certainly filling up. But I'm not completely full yet, MT. Toss me another one of those bite-sized babies. Tommy, who was the first villain Spider-Man faced in the comics? And this is from Steel Force Corn mm. on Twitter. Thank you, Steel Force Corn. A lot of butter to get that corn down. In the Amazing mm. Spider-Man <laughs> Volume 1, Issue 1, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man faces his first big foe. The color-changing, dastardly palette of evil chameleon. This villain impersonated oh, Spider-Man and did a bunch of bad stuff around New York City. Making our hero look bad, which is just a son of a jerk bitch. thing to do. This would set the precedent of people not trusting Spider-Man for years to come. Isn't that just the backbone of Spider-Man comics is that everyone right. doesn't trust him no matter <laughs> how much good he tries to do. Chameleon, a.k.a. Dmitry Smerdyakov, originally had no real powers. He would use makeup and elaborate costumes to impersonate people along with a belt buckle that would emit a gas that enabled him to mold his facial features. I mean... 
That's pretty cool. Over the years, the belt buckle got upgraded over and over to make it more impressive technologically. Eventually, Chameleon powers up and gets his skin cells mutagenically altered by a special serum. I wish I could have that. Mm. This, along with some right. memory material fabric, allows him to physically shapeshift to resemble anyone. It's also later revealed that he's the half-brother of Craven the Hunter. Aw, oh, 23 and nice. me can do anything, right? Oh my god. <laughs> Bringing people together. What's interesting is that Chameleon may have already been revealed in the MCU. In Spider-Man Far From Home, the mysterious chaperone accompanying the group that is secretly working with Nick Fury and Rhea Hill is named Dimitri. And remember, as we said, the Chameleon's real name in the comic is Dimitri Smedyarkovov. Smed Smerdy Smerdyakov. And remember, Smerdy as we've already mentioned, the chameleon's real name is Dmitri Smedyarkov. And in the film, the Nick Fury and Rhea Hill that he is working for are actually the Skrulls, Talos, and Soren. So it's mm. possible they are making Demetrius Smedyarkov in the MCU a scroll mm. rather than a shape-shifting human. The director, John Watts, was even asked about this character specifically, and he said, we're not specifically saying he's the chameleon, but we're not not saying it. So that's a mm. non-answer. I guess we'll just have to <laughs> wait and see if good old Dimitri shows up again and whose side he's working on now, because if there's one thing we know about chameleons, they don't stay the same very long. I'm Tom Bechtold. This has been big question all right wonderful yes. that was a wonderful response but i do love the idea that the chameleon could have some ties to the scrolls because yeah. if the chameleon was a scroll that would be pretty cool just to have yeah. that in integration but because the mcu is this heavily science-based universe it'd be cool mm -hmm. if they like were to take a scroll during secret invasion dissect how the scrolls like shapeshift and like have chameleon sort of adopt the scroll like science into how he does his thing so like it'd yes. be a good way to like you know follow up the whole scroll secret invasion thing yes with uh, you know chameleon but yeah, yes, no, I, that was I amazing, like. Tommy. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It is time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for the box of scraps. Box of scraps. scraps. A box of scraps. Now, Tommy, mm -hmm. you know, since we got Shang-Chi dealing with the concept of the soul and all this stuff, mm. it's got me thinking, you know, yes. Tommy, what would be your idea of the perfect afterlife? Oh, the perfect afterlife. Oh, well... <laughs> That's a pretty heady question, you know? I mean, it is. we're talking a day-to-day. -day. I'd say, <laughs> for me, I'd simply like to wake up. There's a, there's an omelet waiting for me with mushrooms, bacon, and cheddar <laughs> cheese. That omelet has been Perfect. made for me by uh, my two wives, uh, Kate Upton and... Uh, Vita Guerra. I'm going to age myself a little bit by saying Vita Guerra. <laughs> we eat the omelet and then we do our morning workout and then I go to my job <laughs> at the skydiving factory where you oh. skydive all day but there's never any risk of you dying so it's just a perpetual roller coaster. After that's over I drive home in my flying car at which point my two gorgeous wives have been missing me so much that they greet me at the door with just butterfly kisses which of course as we all know are kisses with your eyelashes at that point we settle in for a night of uh you know prestige television of which we can watch any channel without any subscription fees and we go to yes. bed around 9 30 and that would be the perfect afterlife for me mt what about you buddy honestly you stole my answer just kidding no. <laughs> It was exactly that. It was exactly that. I would probably just live in the 100-acre wood, honestly. 
Because I just, I love Winnie the Pooh so much. And, like, the 100-acre wood in Winnie the Pooh is always just so chill. And, like, nothing bad happens there. And, like, it's everything's just so peaceful. Like, it's just nature. And, like, yeah, your neighbors are kind of annoying and kind of stupid. But they're cute. I love them all. There's that one depressed guy who lives in a tent by the freeway. Yeah, Eeyore would be a little bit more, uh, you know, I'd be very concerned about Eeyore. I'd try to help him Eh. be less depressed because... You can't help those who don't want to be helped. MT, I've learned that this year. This is true. So my depressed ass would probably make Eeyore even more depressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be there. I'd be right there with you, my friend. Right there with you. (laughs) Wow. Well, on that depressing. (laughs) (laughs) On that depressing note, it has been. This has been big question. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you, of course, to Tommy for joining me this episode. You can follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold on Twitter. And you can follow me at Mastertainment if you want to see me tweet some weird shit. But most importantly, follow at New Rockstars on Twitter because Tyler is on Twitter doing some amazing things. And also, please hit that notification bell on YouTube so you can get notifications whenever we upload a new video. Anyway, thank you so much for watching, and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye.